Praise ye the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adewumi of the Gospel Distribution Ministry. Today I'm going to talk, continue the discussion on faith in the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Now in verse 23, I'm going to talk about the faith of Moses. If you remember the faith of Jacob and Joseph, we learned something about Joseph and also about Jacob that they were able to believe God enough for something they have not seen as yet. That is, they were seeing the future for thousands of years. Then when you talk about Joseph, Joseph, when he was a dying, he was asking the Hebrews to swear unto him that they will carry his bones out of Egypt. You wonder what was that all about? Because this man was a prophet. He knew the future. He believed in the future that was revealed to him by God that God will visit the, the Hebrews again in their land in, in Israel and that there will be a resurrection of the first fruits with the Messiah when the Messiah will resurrect and Joseph knew about that he wanted his bones to be right there so that he perhaps will be one of them that will be resurrected and I believe he was when the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected the Bible said the body of some saints rose up also with him in Jerusalem and went to the city to witness and now you have to remember those body of the saints did not go back to the grave they went up away to heaven with Jesus now you think about that who are those saints if you are thinking of anybody you will be thinking of somebody like Joseph of Egypt that could probably be one of them so that is what we are talking about when we say these men they believed in the future that was revealed to them by God because they, they walked with God and knew about that future. Now, to you and to me, do you believe in the future? The future of the Christians, the future of this world, the future of this planet, the future of the saints. Do you believe in that future which God has revealed to you and to me? And the future for the Christians is the rapture. That Christ will come and we that are alive and remain in Christ till that time will be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. That was written in the, in the book of Thessalonians. So that is part of the future that we believe in. And if you believe in that future, prepare yourself. Like Joseph in, the, in, the, in, in Egypt. He believed that future so much, he made provision for his bones not to be buried in Egypt. He, he commanded that his bones should be left in a coffin. So he was left in a coffin so that when the Israelites were, Hebrews were leaving Egypt, they carried the coffin of the bones of Joseph with them so that he was laid in Israel he was buried in Israel in Palestine because he believed in the future that the Messiah will visit them and he prepared for himself to be there when the Messiah will come just think about that you see another example of that Bible verse in the book of Job Job said I know my Redeemer liveth and he will stand on the earth upon the earth in the latter times and he said he himself will see God in his own flesh. So you can say, if who are those saints that appeared, that were resurrected with Jesus Christ, when, he, when Jesus Christ resurrected? Probably Job will be one of them. Probably Joseph will be one of them. Because these people knew the future and they believed the future. Now this is a challenge to you and to me. Do you believe in the future that God has revealed to mankind through the Bible? Our future in our own generation is that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. And we that are Christians that are born again, we are the only people that have hope of being partakers of this, of this translation. To live on this planet again forever and ever 
and never see death. And Christ is coming to do that. If you believe that future, you better prepare for that future. And how do you prepare? Make yourself part of the bride of Christ. How do you do that? Be born again. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And that is why I am preaching this gospel to you today. So that you can invite Jesus to come into your life and to take charge of your life. And then, from there on, you can begin to walk with Jesus and, and live your life in Christ. Let Christ live his life through you. When Christ is living his life through you, then he will prepare you to make you ready for the homegoing translation. And only those who are part of Christ have a hope that we are going to live on this planet again forever and ever. And that is the future for us, that there is coming a new heaven and a new earth. That is the future for the Christians, that there is going to be a rapture. That is the future for the Christians, that there will be a resurrection of the, of the, first, of the saints of God. Those who are Christians that are dead will be resurrected first. In the book of Revelation chapter 20, you will see the whole story there. That is the future that is revealed to us. You have to believe that future to be a man of faith like and a woman of faith like this man of old, like Joseph or like Jacob. You've got to believe that future and prepare for this future that you say you believe in. If you say you believe and you are not preparing, then you are not believing. Faith with action is believing. You have to begin to prepare for this future that you say you believe. Do you believe the future that has been revealed to mankind through the Bible? That there is going to be a rapture. The Bible said, he that has this hope in himself purifies himself. So you've got to purify yourself if you have a hope of going with Jesus Christ. And then the Bible said, what manner of person ought ye to be? If you know that all these things will be destroyed, what manner of person ought you to be? But in all holy conversation and godliness, that is how you prepare for the future. If you believe this future that has been revealed to us in the Bible. Let me read again to you the future that has been revealed to us in the Bible. Our, from what I've been talking so far, I'm still talking about the faith of Jacob and Joseph. Because these men, they demonstrated to us in the Bible that they believed the future, the prophecy that God revealed to them individually. And they prepared for that future. Even though they know that it might be 1,000 years to come or 2,000 years ahead, they were preparing for it now. When they had the opportunity, they Joseph, for example, refused to be buried in Egypt. Even though he knew that it would take 400 years before the Israelites leave Egypt, he, pro he prepared his own body that it should be left in a coffin so that he will not, be, not be buried in Egypt. That was what we mean by believing. Jacob also, he, he made... Joseph and his brethren swear unto him that they will not bury him in Egypt. Why? He wanted to be where Abraham and Isaac and all his fathers were because he knew about the future that the Messiah will come to that parcel of land called Palestine. And there will be a resurrection when the Messiah resurrects. They knew that future and they wrote about it in the book of Genesis chapter 49. You can go read it. You see the blessings that he gave about the Messiah there. So that was why they were preparing that they want to be in that land when the Messiah will come. And Messiah has come and Messiah has gone up to heaven and he took some bodies of the saints out of the grave with him. So we believe that these men that were preparing for the future were one of those or the men that you can believe that they were one of the people that were taken away by the Messiah. That they are no more in their graves right now. We believe that. So, but this is the future we are talking about. Now, a future has been revealed to us as Christians also. And that is my challenge to you. And what is the future that has been revealed to us as Christians? Let's see it. 
in the book of Second Peter. I will read chapter in Second Peter chapter two, verse eleven. Uh, in fact, let me start from chapter two, chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. Start from verse nine. What is the future that has been revealed to us in the Bible concerning this world or concerning the Christian life and concerning what God is coming to do? And we that believe in that future, we have to prepare ourselves. In Second Peter chapter 3, verse 4, Apostle, Paul, Apostle Peter was saying, in verse 3, Knowing this first, that there shall be in last days scoffers walking after their own law, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this day willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens and were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, this is the future that I'm trying to make you to see, the future for this world that we are standing upon, is revealed to us right here that the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word, the word of God are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men so this world is reserved for fire, to be destroyed by fire now verse 8 say, but beloved be not ignorant of this one thing one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to you, to us world. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that they are therein shall be burned up. Well, that look like nuclear fire, nuclear destruction. It's coming, man. It's coming, folks. Because we can even see that it's very easy right now in our own generation for this to take place. If there's a nuclear blast, nuclear war right now, the heavens will melt with the type of weapons they already have stockpiled in their storages. All the major countries of the world have nuclear weapons that they have stocked somewhere. That if there's a major catastrophic war and they begin to use nuclear locals, this will take place just like it is. So when the Bible wrote it, God intended that it could be, it will happen at the end time, and this is already being prepared. That the heavens and the earth can be burnt up by this nuclear blast that they already have. Nuclear weapons that the world, the world governments already have. Now, verse 11 is very important. If you know these things will take place, what should you do? Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? That's what I've been talking about, folks. I said, if you believe the future that the Bible has revealed to us that it will take place very one day, what are you to be? How should you prepare yourself for that future? And the Bible is telling us we should be in holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. We are in the heavens. Being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. That is, after this world has been destroyed, whether by the act of God or by the nuclear destruction that is coming, 
whichever one is God used, God can use his own supernatural way to destroy these things. However, from what have, we have seen in the Bible, it's very likely God was prophesying of the nuclear destruction that they will use in the end of the world to destroy themselves. Which Christ said that if the days were not shortened, no flesh would have been saved. But because of the elect's sake, God will shorten the days so that they do not destroy everything on the earth. And that is coming soon, folks. The destruction of the world, the nuclear blast is coming soon. A world war right now and it will be over with. And that is what we are saying. That's what we can see right now in the Bible that this prop by play is what God is going to use to destroy them all. They, they are all fighting against one another that we destroy one another. And then the Bible said after that is over with, like the Lord Jesus Christ said, tribulation of those days. There will be a new heaven and a new half which God will establish where there will be righteousness because Christ will come down and the saints of God will be giving this planet again to live forever and ever. Now, do you want to be a particular of that new heaven and a new earth? That is our future that I'm talking to you about. Like the Bible said, anyone that has this hope in him purifies himself. First John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. So remember that your job is to purify yourself through the Holy Spirit because if you want to meet Jesus in the air, you've got to be holy. He said, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But it is Jesus Christ that is making us holy by His precious blood. So you've got to come and be a Christian and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let Him wash you with His blood. We're not asking you to do it yourself. You cannot, be, you cannot do it by yourself. You've got to be washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That is the only way you can be holy, acceptable before God. If you are not a Christian that is listening, I want you to think about this and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today and throw away that false religion and accept Jesus as your Lord and let Him fill your heart with the Holy Spirit so that you can be, begin to live a holy and clean life from that day, from today forward. And the Lord, the Lord will touch you. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of this broadcast. But what I'm telling you today is that we've got to prepare for that future which has been revealed to us in Hebrews chapter 11. Now, let me go to the faith of Moses. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, it said, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Now, I'm going to stop right there and say what is this faith of the mother of Moses we are going to discuss the faith of Moses as it is described here without even talking about the mighty wonderful faith of parting the sea of turning the a rod into serpents and things like that which are supernatural let's talk on, the, on our own level this faith of Moses mother and then we go to verse 24 so and talk on the faith of, the, of Moses himself Verse 24 says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, that is when he was an adult, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, 
choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, that is the first part of the faith of Moses that I want to talk about. Later we'll talk about the faith that split, split the Red Sea. Now, let's go back and see this faith of the mother of Moses. And let's see, uh, why do we call this faith? The Bible said, in, in, let's go to Exodus and see this faith of the mother of Moses and, and learn something from this. Now, in the book of Exodus, in verse chapter 2, we see the story where Moses' mother devised a means of saving her own son. After three months, she knew she has to get rid of this boy so that he will not be destroyed by Pharaoh's edict. So, she planned something that she was going to put this baby on the river. But do you think she was trying to get rid of this baby to just let the river take the baby away? No. She actually planned a, she had a strategy and that strategy must have been put into our heart by God because God's hand was involved in this so when we are talking about faith one thing is an idea came to this woman and it was an idea from God how to save the child and she started working on it planning to go and she was going to plant this baby by the riverside where the daughter of Pharaoh usually go to that riverside to take to, to, to stroll or to take to take a swim so the woman was making a strategy so it was a, a plan but you know that is faith right now somebody could have seen this woman making this basket and they could have asked her what are you trying to do and she, if, she, if she told them that well, she was going to do this and this is her plan and it will work this way they might tell her she is being foolish the, the one that is not going to believe me say you are risking this baby's life don't you know that the daughter of Pharaoh was could be like a, a daddy who, who made who commanded that all oh, Hebrew children should be killed this baby may be killed when the daughter of Pharaoh see the baby Okay, that would be a fear that some believers may begin to put in their mind but if she believed and had a strong determination now that it will work the way she was expecting it to happen she was believing God that this daughter of Pharaoh will have mercy upon this child when she sees the child. That is faith. Faith is the expectation of what you desire. That is another way of describing faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That is what I'm trying to say is that this episode by the river that was written in the book Exodus chapter 2 was not a chance. It was strategized. It was a plan. And God had his hand on it, and the woman knew what she was doing when she put the baby there and told her daughter to be walking by the side and see what will happen to the baby. And let's read it right here. So verse, verse 5 said, Let me read from verse 3, chapter 2 of Exodus. Chapter 2, verse 3. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dubbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flax in the river's brink so not really on the river but by the side of the river among the shrew, among the flax okay and his sister stood afar off to wait what would be done to him 
So it was a plan. The mother of Moses must have told the Miriam, Moses' sister, to stand around and see what will happen when the daughter of Pharaoh see the baby. But she was believing for miracle. That's what I'm trying to say. Faith believes for miracle. And that is what, how you can exercise your faith. You plan your strategy and you believe that this is what I want to happen. I'm expecting it to happen with your faith in God and praying and expect it to happen. Expectation is how faith works. And this woman was expecting something miraculously to happen to the daughter, to the, to the child when the daughter of Pharaoh will see the child. And it happened exactly as she planned. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and I made this walk along the riverside and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it and saw the child and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister, she immediately Miriam, the sister of Moses, came nearby to talk about it. And she said to, to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? Well, you have to know that even if, if, if the daughter of Pharaoh was even a dummy, she knew exactly that this thing was strategized and planned, but she went along with it. She wanted to save the child. She loved the baby because God touched her heart. I said it was a miracle by God and God had his hand in it. But faith is expecting what you are believing for. That's what I'm pointing out here. The mother of Moses exercised faith. When God put the idea in her heart, she executed the idea and she was expecting that miracle and the, uh, she received the miracle. She ended up being paid to take care of her daughter by the woman, by the daughter of Pharaoh who wanted to kill her, her son. She was paid to take care of her son, I mean, by the daughter of the king that wanted to kill her son. What a miracle. So faith will always produce miracle. If you will exercise faith, God will give you miracle. I mean, what is faith? Expectation of what you desire. You have to pray about what you desire. Begin to expect it to manifest in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is how faith works. And let's go on to the faith of Moses. And now when we talk about this faith of Moses, we are going to go next to the faith of, later to the faith of Moses that split the sea and so on. But this faith of Moses is the faith that we stand for what you believe. Stand up for Christ and don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the faith of Moses here. The Bible said, by faith Moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. That is, are you ready to stand and be counted for Jesus? Even when your friends and your colleagues in your school or in your office where you work are making mockery of Christianity, are you ready to stand and, be, and confess that you are a Christian, a child of God, and not be ashamed? Ready to be mocked? Ready, ready, ready to be ridiculed? Because people will tell Moses, why will you expose yourself to ridicule? If you let them know you are one of the Hebrew slaves, they will kick you out of the palace. But she was, he was ready to suffer affliction with the people of God. That is the faith we are talking about. You, that is even listening to me, you may be an high school kid. Are you ready to stand up for Jesus even in your high school? Or are you going to be ashamed of Christ? That is the faith we are talking about of Moses right now. When he became adult, he was ready to suffer affliction, ready to be ridiculed as a slave or as one of the slaves, not wanting to stay in the palace and be called daughter of Pharaoh, daughter of Pharaoh, or son of the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He wanted to be 
one of the people of God. Sometimes we Christians, we gather in a place, we are preaching the gospel because we are few in number. Somebody who wanted to be a Christian, who claimed to be a Christian, will be ashamed to come and join us where we are making an open-air crusade and uh, preaching in the street, street ministry. Well, anyone that is ashamed like that is actually already denying Christ. Are you ready to stand up and be counted for Jesus in your school, in your office work? You don't have to do it with with uh, with uh, with rioting, but at least raise up your voice and be heard. Be not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And those who are able to stand for Jesus, those who are able to say they are Christians and not going to succumb to what the world wanted them to succumb to, those are the people that are having the faith like Moses, who suffered with the people of God, not wanting to stand stay in the palace. Now, let's say you are a, a lady. And you have made up your mind that as a Christian, you are not going to have sexual relationship with any man until you are married. Are you ready to stand with that faith that this is what I believe when a promising man comes and said, unless you let me sleep with you, have sex with you, you cannot, we, I don't think you love me. Are you going to stand and uphold your righteousness and refuse to bow to that pressure from the false lover? When you are able to stand for what you believe like that, that is when you are a child of God, like Moses was ready to stand for what he believed. He believed he belonged to the people of God. He was not going to be, to be enjoying pleasure for a while, suffering in silence. When you are able to confess Jesus and not be ashamed to be ridiculed, not be ashamed to be saying you are not enjoying life, not be ashamed to be, to be told that you are one of those fanatics for Jesus. When you are ready to stand for Jesus, that's when you are exercising your faith, like Moses. Moses was able, let me read it again to you. Listen to it. He said, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the, the reproach of Christ a greater riches. That is, what do you count as riches in your own case? Is it your own enjoyment? Or the little enjoyment, pleasure of being accepted in the in the group of those, the niche group in your office, or the niche group in your school. Those gangs, those, those hooligans that you think they are the ones that are cool, or those are the people that are high society people. You want to be recognized among them just to please them. That little enjoyment, are you going to you enjoy? Are you going to take that and throw away eternity with Christ? So you have to make up your choice. Moses decided to esteem the reproach of Christ a greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. That's what we are talking about. So, don't be ashamed of Christ. Stand up for Jesus. And Jesus Christ will stand up for you. He said that he that denied me before men, him also will I deny before my father and the holy angels. But he that confessed me before men, him also will I confess before my father and before the holy angels. Will you stand up for Jesus and be counted? That is the challenge to you, like the faith of Moses that we are talking about. And I want to pray for you right now, especially you that are listening to me. And if you are a Christian and you know that where you have been kind of lukewarm, hiding your faith, it's time for you to get on fire for Jesus. And not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, for it is a greater riches. You have life in your hand to share with other people. And those people that, are, that you think they are having fun, uh, boasting of their ungodliness, they are boasting of the death that is in their hand. But you have life that can save them, that can deliver them from destruction, from trouble. So don't be ashamed of that life, because that is the life that is the real life. I want to pray for you right now. I want you to say, I tell you, say, Jesus, I believe in you. 
I want you to come into my life and give me the Holy Spirit so that I can have the boldness to stand for Jesus and to confess Jesus. Because what you need is the Holy Ghost to embolden you. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening right now in the name of Jesus Christ that your anointing will come upon them afresh so that they will be empowered to speak for Jesus, to stand up for Jesus and not be ashamed. Even if they are going to suffer affliction for Jesus, let them not be ashamed in the name of Jesus Christ. I command the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon their heart and upon their spirit to overwhelm them now in the name of Jesus Christ so that from today henceforth they will be bold to stand for Jesus. Amen in the name of Jesus Christ. That is it, friend. I want you to write to me so that I can send you some more literature that will edify you. Stand up and be counted for Jesus. And if you are not a Christian, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. And say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you died for me on the cross. And I accept you right now as my Lord and Savior. Lead my life from today. And I've made a mess of it myself. But now from today, I turn it over to you. Lead me, Lord Jesus. And live your life through me in the name of Jesus Christ. And God bless you. Write to me, write to Evangelist Julius Adewumi. Gospel Distribution Ministry, Post Office Box 71027, Phoenix, Arizona 85050, USA. And I shall send you some more literature. On the internet, our web address is gospeldistribution.org. Send us email, send email to gospeldistribution.org, webmaster at gospeldistribution.org. And I shall send you some more literature. Jesus loves you. Stand up and be counted for Jesus. God bless you. Turn us again next time. Amen.